And I'm John Deck, and each week we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved movies. That's right, and this week on the Memory Distillery... Hang on, this can't be right. Hmm. We're we're watching Hitch from 2005, directed by Andy Tennant. Wait, directed Uh, by Andy? No, no, this is... We we've been like uh, we've been going through and we've been doing a lot of those Hitch movies we, like we did The Birds and Rear Window, and like I didn't want us to get criticized for only doing the old stuff, so I thought we could do some of the the, the newer movies too, and I thought like Hitch would be a good Sorry. place to start. Sorry, how how new do you think Alfred Hitchcock's movies go, John? This is from two thousand five. The man was dead like twenty five years before that. Well, I mean, they have those like. Um, holograms of like tupac and stuff so i thought right but they don't get holograms to direct movies do they how many movies have you directed certainly none as a hologram exactly but imagine if you could (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) i mean there's a market for that i think so wait so are you trying to tell me that instead of watching a classic alfred hitchcock movie that we're gonna have we to, going to watch... watch a Will Smith, Kevin James mashem up. You hit it right on the nose. And, yes, and we that's, can't. That's the first thing you got right on this episode. And we can't back off that now because we've already we're, we've locked in the capsule and we're we're just gonna go for it. We've we've made our choice, I think, at this point, John. I think it's fair to say that maybe Alfred Hitchcock might have thought that this movie is better than any of his. I don't think that's true. Yeah, that's probably I don't not, think that's fair. That's not fair either. But speaking well, let's 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 just let's just see. Get so, into our pre-watch shit let's here, say. John. So so let's just then let's handle this movie as it is. So we have Hitch. And this is a movie, even though it's not that old, it's still well, fourteen years ago, this gem came into the world. And I know a lot of times we go for the things that we have a love of from the past and we want to kind of see is that all pure nostalgia. But in this case, I don't have an intense love for the movie, but I do have a lot of reference points for different people I know and podcasts and people who will reference this movie a lot. And I keep thinking, did I miss something? You know, was there some great, you know, chemistry? Was there some great dialogue? Like what's going on in this movie that so many different people will like quote it or reference it? that I just feel like I'm missing out on something. So that's my angle, kind of why I want to get into this movie. Like, what's your experience with it? I mean, this is probably one of my wife's favorite movies. Like, she, every time it's on TV, anytime she, like, she finds the DVD as she's, like, you know, going through our collection or whatever. Oh, Hitch, let's, you know, let's watch it. And so we'll, we'll probably have it on once every couple of years. And, I don't know that I have a particular love for it either. I certainly don't hate the movie. I remember it being kind of funny, but I also sort of remember it being, you know, predictable and cheesy. Um, But I think that this is a good opportunity for us to branch out from 
where we've sort of the road that we've been on mm. for the past, you know, 30 now 31 episodes. Um, in our, that's our called a Baskin Robbins episode, of episodes. It is a Baskin Robbins of episodes. Correct. Um, in our last tasting room episode that we did uh, a couple of months ago, um, your friend Tara mentioned, hey, why don't you guys do any sort of romantic comedies or what people sort of refer to as chick flicks? Mm. And I think that this is a, a chance for us to kind of break that mold and, uh, and throw that out there. That is a good point. She did bring that up. And so I think to honor the questions of our active listeners who are seeing what's going on in our brains, let's add Hitch to that to that uh, characterization. And, and it's good even to expand ourselves, challenge ourselves. I mean, there's times we've done like one or two movies that I was pretty sure I was going to hate going in, but yet found a way to hate them and enjoy them all at the same time. Um, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens with this. I'm going to keep an open mind, and I say we kind of hop in and, you know, open the door and see what happens. Yeah, that sounds good to me. So uh, John and I are going to stop here. And we're going to go and watch Hitch. Uh, so this is not available uh, streaming. This is, uh, if you want to stream it, you're going to have to pay to rent it. Uh, or you can pull it from your personal collection. Or head but, over to Anthony's house because apparently his wife probably has it in one form or another already. We do have it on DVD for sure. So uh, stick around and we will be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I know we said it at the top of the show, but cannot stress this enough. Hitch, not a Hitchcock movie. It's not like somebody took a movie and just said, oops, all Hitches. No, this is has zero Alfred Hitchcock. Nothing but, to do with Alfred Hitchcock. This but, is a Will Smith-driven uh, but, romantic but, comedy. But, but, but maybe a little bit. Mm. No. No, I, uh, it would be a real stretch for you to come up with a way that this was somehow related to Alfred Hitchcock. Well, as near as I can remember, most of Alfred Hitchcock's films have people in them. Okay. That's about as close as I think I'm going to get. All right. That's about as close as anyone could probably get. <sighs> I think. Yeah, so. unfortunately. That doesn't mean that there wasn't some content in this film that's fair and we can talk about that um i'm gonna come right out and say um not my favorite movie uh not even my favorite will smith movie or kevin james movie uh or eva mendez movie um not to say that this is a terrible movie by any means but i did not derive too much pleasure from it is this your favorite Amber Valletta movie? Uh, I mean, it's top five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't see why you're so negative about this movie that your wife loves so much. And that's the thing is, like, we sat and watched it last night. She was like, oh, that was great. And I was like, okay. Okay, question for you. Okay. Right off the top. It were there any and if any how many times you laughed out loud at this movie there were um probably three or four real good chuckles um 
the uh the jet ski thing where he's like oh i'll just climb onto your jet ski which by the way what happens to the other jet ski at that point but the the obviously the physical gag here is oh he's clumsy and hits her in the face with his foot and she falls off the jet ski um that was funny uh the the sort of compilation scene where uh you know hitch is uh you know prepping albert for this date at this you know gallery opening or whatever and it's like you know the do's and don'ts and the whole dancing thing like the the, the dancing scene was was very very funny to me um in fact scenes with will smith and kevin james together are probably the best scenes in this movie they're they're the most well prepared and the most well thought out um but yeah like that's more or less i mean maybe the scene where he uh you know he pins the guy to the table and he's like you know i'll break my foot off in your ass if you ever touch me again okay pumpkin something like that whatever he said Mm. um that was uh that was funny. How about you? Well, <laughs> the, <laughs> I have to admit, as much as I don't want to admit this, that the his his dance tutorial scene it did make me chuckle a bit. Um, okay, mostly, mostly just Will Smith's reaction to Kevin James, or I should say, Hitch's reaction to Albert. Um, right. And his his look of no, all of that. No, please. No. <laughs> um, so that 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 back and forth moment. Um, yeah, I chuckled a bit at that. I was I don't think I smiled or laughed at anything else in the movie, unfortunately. OK. Well. Um, but, you know, hey, you know, it's I'm sure some people really we're really high on that, you know, the whole, like, he's going to hit his face is going to get puffed up because he's allergic to something. Oh, yeah, that that was funny, too. I laughed at that. Like, but, the, the whole, like, bloated face thing was, was it was funny. Yeah, it's, I, I, I nothing, it nothing connected with, with me too much. But the overall chemistry between all, f- the, both with, between Hitch and Sarah between Albert and Allegra and even between like uh, a little bit with even our best friend like there there was good chemistry there was like believability there like overall it didn't feel like horribly forced it didn't feel very you know like there are a lot of romantic comedies out there that there's zero chemistry there's zero connection there's zero humor there's zero everything and it's just like they were following a formula they threw it all together and it just just died, and this is not one of those movies. It did not. No, it did not die on me. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, there were there were some things that felt like fell flat or just weren't believable at all. Like the scene on the yacht where Allegra is like interrogating Hitch, and she's revealing all this stuff that she did in front of Albert, and he's like, oh, I, "I didn't know. I don't know anything about that." Like that really wasn't believable. Like you're not going to have that conversation. Um, Hitch in Sarah's hallway toward the end of the movie and like talking to her from behind the door oh can you close the door i can't you know i can't talk with you know and to face to face whatever like that was that was a little much like come on um and you know there there were other things sort of plot wise i think that that didn't work really well for me but 
yeah I, I think that from a like an acting perspective and a you know a general like character chemistry perspective it was it was fine like there was there was there weren't any real interactions where i would go you know oh that come on like you're not really you're not bought into this I, this will smith is not like the genie and aladdin will smith like he actually wanted to be there apparently so yeah i think there's I'm trying to just dive into this and think of things in a positive way. What can I what can I pull from this movie? What did I like? What did I take away from it? Why was this not a huge waste of time? Um and I think like I felt like I was going to end up being uneasy with Will Smith's character from my recollection from when I first kind of watched it that he was going to just kind of be that you know, smooth, like, I'm going to teach you how to handle a girl kind of thing, like in a, uh, you know, like shallow, like, I'm going to trick girls into liking you, which is, in fact, when he gets, quote unquote, caught that everybody all of a sudden right. freaks out and thinks that's what's happening. And but I, I do like the the way he he may he may, you know, like work some things just to make some connections happen, to give opportunities but his emphasis is always like I'm going to open a door and once you walk through that's you you got to be you you got that's what women want they may not know it but they're not he's not trying to say like oh they may not know they want it so you got to give it to them but it's just more like you know I'm going to provide an avenue by which you have an opportunity to show who you are and you know if that if that you know goes you know if that works then then that's cool yeah but I mean uh, on the same token, like he does come off as this huge manipulator, like there, and there's times throughout the movie, especially the very, very, very beginning, when he's got his like opening monologue going, where you know the, the he opens the bag and the the dog comes out, and so the dog jumps out of the elevator, and then you know you have the scene in the middle of the street, like that. That to me is kind of gross. Like I didn't feel good about that. Like I know this character's supposed to have this great plan to make people fall in love, but stuff like that to me just comes across as this manipulative act that I really like wasn't digging. Um, there was another thing that he did too, which I know it was supposed to come off as super sweet, but it was really kind of creepy when he did the background check on her and took her to Ellis Island. Yeah, and like. <laughs> you know they had the book open and there's her great great grandfather's name and blah 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 and i'm like that dude that's weird like why would you do that on the first date like no dude i mean there's there's so much of of elements that are are borderline i think it would be interesting to just like i think this would have been a a good movie to have like a a third co-host or a third person you know jumping in specifically from a woman's point of view would have been great um just because I just wonder, like, like there are certain things that are definitely borderline creepy and weird. Um, like you're saying, all the all the prep work, you know, before a first date, all the research, all the lining everything up. But oh, hey! But at the same token, like you can just walk that backwards and be like sending a two way radio to someone at their work when they didn't give you their phone number is also a bit, you know, right. over the top and like. There, there's all of these elements where it feels so close to being creepy, but to me didn't quite like 
they sold the idea that you know, especially I think when when um, Will Smith's character, when Hitch was giving uh, Albert the lesson on how to kiss, like that idea that, of that scene to me, I I I, I actually I, <laughs> I laughed at that scene too. But I also like the concept, that idea of not like, hey, you know, you got to take her, you got to go for it, you got to give it to her. It was more like you go 90% and then you just wait and then she, you know, needs to come the 10% to you. And, you, you know, how long mm-hmm. will we wait? He's like, as long as it takes. Like that, if, if you take that one concept and apply it to all the other almost borderline creepy things he was doing, like if you're an optimistic person, maybe you can say... He's going to do 90% of setting things up, but only to bring them to the point whether or not they're digging it. And if they're into it, then they'll respond. Like if he sends a two-way radio and she just is like, uh-uh, and throws it in the trash, okay, then that's over. But if she replies and is into it and having fun, then that's a, that's a, a thing. Like there's just so sure. many... So many things where I think he he tiptoes on that borderline. And I think it is it is an interesting place in the midst of... All, all of the Me Too movement stuff in the midst of all the conversations yes. that are happening. Like, like it's not something that I'm immersed in and not in that in the culture of where I'm trying to figure that out specifically. It's something where I just look at it from even a broad perspective of, you know, how do you have these conversations? How do you even know these things? Like, it exhausts me to even think about. Um, but I think there's something in this movie, if we just want to skip over a few of the you know the the lame romantic comedy tropes that are just a part of everything that you know weren't maybe pulled off to the greatest degree like you you mentioned a few that seemed a little insincere a little set up a little weird um and but the the core idea of will smith working with guys who have no self-esteem or no confidence or no ability to not represent themselves as a total creep like you know, the whole, like, <laughs> kind of luring a dog away to so a guy can pretend he jumped into traffic to save it. Now that, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that that's great. But the idea of, you know, just trying to say, you know, what do you know about this woman? Why do you like her? What is it that, mm-hmm. you, you know, have you ever told her that? How How do you, you know, like setting him up for like the boardroom thing where he sticks up for her and says... You know, she should be allowed to invest in whatever she wants. She shouldn't have to ask for permission. It's her money. Don't treat her like this. Like, you could tell that was, like, genuinely from him, but he just probably never would have the guts or the wherewithal to go through with saying that. And just, you know, he needed some, some you know, assistance. He needed some guidance on mm-hmm. that. And so it's like that, I don't think, is, like, manipulation or weird. I think, okay, that's just you know, helping bring out a part of what he really is. And I, and that I can definitely agree with. Like he, I think that in any sort of era between, you know, I guess up to now, um, you've obviously had, uh, and, and I, I'll, I'll use people because like, uh, women i'm sure suffer from this just as much as men do or non-binary people or or what have you um you have people who just aren't confident and aren't good at the 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 social cues and interactions and how to uh how to approach someone and how to 
tell someone how you feel and how to express yourself emotionally. And um, this character, Alex Hitchens, like he provides this service and it's yes, there, there are elements of it that are manipulative and that I was not a fan of, but there are also elements like you said, uh, where he, he brings out the, the more confident side of these people and gives them a voice that maybe they didn't know that they had. And that's, that is a really good thing. Like he, this movie, this movie takes sort of common personality types and kind of sands them down and, and polishes them a little bit to bring out something else, something that's underneath that's, that's always been there, but maybe has never been able to show through just because of, you know, who that person has kind of presented themselves to the world as and um you know if you if you think about albert as sort of the because he's, he's really the one that we focus on the most um he he is this guy who's sort of bumbling and and kind of doofy and uh, you know he, he he doesn't know how to tell this person who and albert's is a special circumstance because of who allegra is um, he, he doesn't have the the confidence or or the know-how or even the words really to come out and say how he feels um and not to mention that it, it, it i'm sure it's it sort of feels inappropriate to him anyway because she's his client like so there's there's that whole aspect of it as well yeah i think that and and the the entire message of the movie it's kind of a bait and switch thing where luckily where we're presented one idea in the beginning that these are the rules, that these are the simple ways to tell if a woman's into you. Here's the ways to kind of get yourself in her good graces, to give yourself a chance and a shot and blah, blah, blah. And like, and he has Albert who's like, you know, the guy with the least game ever. And this is, I'm this is going to be my, you know, my Sistine Chapel. And like, you know, I'm going to make this all perfect. And then, you know, by the end, we see that Hitch is, you know, he, the reason he doesn't follow his own advice and the reason why he is maybe a bit more creepy himself than, you know, even some of the things he does for other people. Things just kind of fall apart. They had, you know, they're just not, there's something wrong. And even uh, what's her face, uh, Eva says that, you know, the, the only times that you were authentic or stuff was when you were like, you know, either high or when you were, you know, <laughs> in pain or when you, you know, like all when things are going wrong. Because and then, and then he finds out, you know, at the end, of course, that, you know, with Albert and Allegra that like she, you know, it was all the stupid Kevin James Albert things that she was into. Mm -hmm. And like and that it goes back to that. Oh, OK, I get it. So really be yourself. But she probably in this scenario from the way they set it up would not have ever really given him a chance or gotten a gotten that ability because she's so in the limelight and so outside of things that you know to really go out and be with him it took some setting up to do but nothing about you know making forcing him to wear shoes that he doesn't like or you know like he does with other guys and tries to make them into something they're not to impress you know the women at their first dates and all like that stuff all seems like garbage, but the whole like making a connection and trying to find an opening so the environment is at least 
you know, they're, they're available and open to this, you know, more open to the idea of considering each other and really taking each other in for who they are, that that's like maybe the, the only thing that's really needed. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sort of glad that you brought that up because the, the message in this movie, the sort of final message does kind of smack you in the face. Like, boom, this is really what we're talking about here is be yourself. And like, that's, that's really what it comes down to is, you know, be yourself. That's the, um, what did he, what did he open the movie with in that dialogue? There's two words that he said, or two or three words. Uh, oh, basic principles. Um, and you know, he, like he ends the movie with, you know, basic principles. There are none, which really comes down to basic principles. Just be yourself. Like, don't try to be someone you're not. Don't, don't try, don't try so hard or, or don't, you know, don't overdo it or, or whatever. Like, that's really the underlying message in all of this. Like, one thing I would have loved to have seen that would have given this movie an edge of complexity that would have been interesting, but would have shied it away from your typical romantic comedy formula, is to have something with one of the main characters. Maybe, you know, Will Smith. Maybe just someone where it just doesn't work out. And not because there was a, a Shakespearean misunderstanding, not because someone, you know, like, what's Will Smith's, you know, character flaw that tears apart, you know, the as we move to the second to the third act, it's all just, oh, you thought I was bad, but it turned out I was awesome. And it's like, you know, like, you know, his weaknesses are fear, commitment and stuff like that. But, but really, at the end of the day, it's really nothing all that horrible to overcome. But what if what if he he's an okay guy and what if he's genuine and thoughtful and it turns out that it's just it's just not going to work out and that's okay like you know you're just because you're a nice guy just because you're a, a you know a, a wonderful woman just because this this or this doesn't equal chemistry fireworks and everything's perfect and like you don't get that in a movie like this. All the loose ends, all the family members, all every person you've ever met in this is hooked up and happy and everything's great. But it's like it would have been interesting to find, you know, to explore some some level of, you know, we're attractive people who look good together and had fun and things were going great. But really, when you tear it all down, this isn't what I want. You know, this isn't, you know, the the right answer. I just think that could have been interesting. I do too. And I... I'm struggling to think of a movie where you really do get that. I mean, maybe the closest would be like Chasing Amy. Um, yeah, um, that's 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 probably about as close as I can think of of getting to that point. Like, I can't think of a lot of movies where they do that. Like, I think when you steer away from romantic comedy type movies, you can hit some angles that really are more realistic and interesting and deep on that level. Some movies I love two that are by the same director, even uh, one is once and the other one is begin again. Um, they're kind of musical, musically, you know, inclined movies that have more of a drama, dramatic relationship type things going in them, but they're, they're not just this, Hey, here's two attractive people and they connect and it's all wonderful and they hook up happily ever after. It's, you know, deeper and there's more going on than that. And then, you know, movies like Closer uh, with Natalie Portman and Clive Owen and like, you know, things that examine the complexities of of relationships and what you have there. Um, So there's there's opportunities. There are movies that kind of do that, but um, it almost feels like 
you know, you want to test at a certain level for certain audiences in order to get the maximum, you know, audience turnout and word of mouth and everything. And people want to feel happy and, and all lighthearted, all good, you know, good vibes and stuff at, you know, going to see a movie like this. And, you know, who am I to argue with people who want to have those feelings? So, you know. Oh, sure. Like, I, I mean, you, you want to hit as broad an audience as you can. And romantic comedies, I mean, that's that's a great way to draw in you know, big crowds. Um, yeah, uh, uh, sorry, one other movie I, I could think of where you sort of get that element is um, Love and Sex with uh, John Favreau and Famke Jensen. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I would love to see more of that, especially in sort of a, a setting like this where you do sort of get the, the comedic elements and it just doesn't happen to work out at the end. Like I think that that would be an amazing, like an amazing twist like a, a great uh sort of plot device and, and all that like i think that would be really cool so you know how in our whole movie review talking about things we we get to a point where you're like hey i have a question and i go oh cool ask your question and you know you know that part yeah i'm not quite to that part yet because i still have more stuff to talk about well I don't want to hear anything else you have to say. Let's skip ahead. No, I'm just kidding. But just I'm war- I'm warming up now. I'm letting you know that I've got a question to end. You know, to kind of wrap things up. When we get there, I just want to give you time to prepare so you know that's coming. Excellent. I'm excited <laughs> for that. Um, no, there was only two other things I really wanted to mention. One, there are so many cheesy lines in this movie. Like I <laughs> wanted to fucking get some tortilla chips. Like, uh first of all like he loves to take your breath away uh oh, yeah. in, in his lines like i'm actually surprised we didn't hear the berlin song take your breath away or take my breath away um like the two lines in particular that he said life is not about the amount of breaths you take but the uh, it's the moments that take your breath away uh and the other one was never lie steal cheat or drink but if you must lie lie in the arms of the one you love if you must steal steal away from bad company if you must cheat cheat death and if you must drink drink in the moments that take your breath away. Come on, dude. Like, ease, ease up on the, the take your breath away stuff. The other one that made me cringe, and it wasn't by Hitch, it was by that Vance whatever guy, the guy uh, who just wanted to sleep with the, you know, Sarah's friend. Um, yeah. He grabs Hitch's arm and he goes, you see what I'm doing? This is what I'm about. Power suit, power tie, power steering. <laughs> People can wince, cry, beg, but eventually... They do what I want. That made me cringe so hard. Like, first of all, for power steering, what does that even have to do with anything you just said? You know what that has to do with? Do you, a you... car? Nope. <laughs> what everything you just described is what happens when you're watching a movie that takes you out of that universe and delivers you into the hands of the screenwriter. I mean, uh, this is all to be blamed by the 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 person who doctored the script, who put in that extra line, who said, "Let's put this over the top. Let's have someone go on. Let's let's get some rhythm to these lines. Let's put in power steering to make this guy seem extra douchey." And like, but it just doesn't work. You're right. It's horrible, horrible, horrible stuff. But it's absolutely one thousand percent. Well, I won't say a thousand percent. I'll say nine hundred eighty-two percent of the fault of the screenwriter and the remainder you know the director and people who just let it go by and are like yep okay that's good i love that line this is great let's go with it um but yeah that uh you're right they're they're horrible 
they're cringe inducing like you said and they just generally make you completely hyper aware of the fact that you're watching a movie you're, you're out of the moment like mm-hmm. the whole thing where he grabs his arm throws his tips like i i was out of that moment i never could have even possibly enjoyed it because i was still lingering in that horrible previous line that was so bad i just was like oh my god i couldn't take it yeah um and I mean, I could spend I could sit here and spend twenty minutes reading through all the cheesy lines from just from the the IMDb quotes because it's nope. pretty much all that they put in there. Don't but do the, it. The, I'm not going to, <laughs> but I could. That's the point. the 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 thing is, is is, and I mean, that's I guess that's sort of a romantic comedy trope, is the cheesy lines. But they they kind of just sort of poured it on. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, and then we can jump to your question, um, was the the wedding, uh, particularly wedding granny. Uh, <laughs> she was funny to me. She's like, "Oh, you don't have a date? No, I'm here by myself. Oh, I'm choking, and you know the rest is history." She dances with the guy and whatever. Uh, I just I thought that she was uh, she was a clever little bit to pop into the movie, and and I liked her. Uh, and and obviously like the, the soul train bit at the end was great yeah i think that the the granny the insertion of her character i'm gonna only acknowledge that because it it serves my overall purpose to tie into the final question oh excellent because as as convenient and as much of a contrivance as as her appearance and and that situation was to just give a big wink to the camera. She literally winks, you know, like to Will yes, Smith and he winks back. Does. And it's like, it's just like the person writing this saying, you know what? We've tied up all the loose ends with our characters. Oh, no. Remember, there was one other character who hadn't found love yet. Check <laughs> this out. Wink. And it was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's all right. That happened. Um, but my question it dives into a, sort of a subgenre, not just of romantic comedies, but it's something that goes back hundreds of years, which is just the, the story, the idea of like a matchmaker. Someone, whether it's it's just some random, you know, it's almost always a woman, it seems, um, you know, at least within media and, you know, movies and things. And and that person is trying to set someone else up. It could just be, you know, a husband and wife and she wants to set up, you know, their lonely neighbor or whatever it is. Or, you know, it, it follows a million different variants, but the idea is almost always the same. Uh, it's just someone who wants to set up someone else and, and they go with it. So Hitch, that's this is one of these uh, movies within the subgenre of matchmaking. Um, but there's a lot of other ones out there. Um, I know... The whole romantic comedy genre is not one that is like your number one well-versed, and I know all of them. But out of all of these different matchmaking elements that you may have seen over time, are there any that you liked, any that you enjoyed or thought went well? Um, I'm thinking movies in particular, but if you think of a, a book or TV show or something, that's also fine. I mean, I have I have one answer that I liked. Um but like for the most part, I have a hard time a bit with all of the effort and all the everything I have to give up to believe in some of these stories as being good or accurate or believable or enjoyable. Um, so anything come to mind for you? I mean, 
Hello Dolly, maybe. <laughs> um, like that's sort of a a classic uh, when you when you think about you know sort of the matchmaker uh, subgenre. Um, I'm trying to think of any others that make you know kind of stand out to me i bet Um, if you were to really dig into some hallmark movies in the next month or two i bet you'd find at least 17 that's just a guess i didn't count them (laughs) uh uh maybe fiddler on the roof that's a pretty good one um I don't know. I guess between those two, I'd probably go Hello, Dolly. Yeah, I think Hello, Dolly might fall a little more into the traditional idea. Of course, Fiddler on the Roof being a classic, but that's almost more of a cultural uh, aspect rather than a contrivance that's really just a part of that Jewish community and, you know, something that was a little more realistic. But all all together, I I do enjoy the the movie version of that musical. Um, I think for me, the one that I really like is Emma uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow. Emma and, is very good. And it's one where I've, I, I think I've probably mentioned this before, but I, I tend to, for some reason, enjoy adaptations of Jane Austen's novels in theatrical or, or TV miniseries form, whereas the I books themselves, yeah. I have a hard time with the books. It just it it doesn't connect very well with me. But somehow when it's brought to life, and and this is a great, uh, a fun, just you know kind of this is the kind of movie where you know even though it's a period piece and even though it's kind of set up in a way that would make me think I might have a hard time getting into it. Um, just the the script itself, surprisingly, uh, is just very kind of humorous and, and the problems that uh, Gwyneth's care the way she takes on Emma. Um, and the way uh, there's a lot of a lot of lines of connections that that are weaving in and out throughout that movie. So for those who are listening, who are thinking, what would a good movie be to you know that kind of plays a lot more with that that whole idea of someone trying to set someone else up and having it all kind of be fun but romantic and all that at the same time? My pick is Emma. Yeah, so check out Emma, check out Hello Dolly, and check out Hitch. You know, it's not a bad movie. I mean, it's it, like I said, it's not my favorite. It's certainly not my favorite uh, Will Smith movie, but it, it definitely like I wasn't bored. I I enjoyed myself enough. Um, I did have one last question for you, John, before we kick off here. Ooh. Um, who's your favorite character in this movie? Uh, this, this is a, a bit of a simpler question. So we're just talking. We're not talking necessarily performance. Just to which character do I like the best? Yes. Hmm. <sighs> That's honestly, I feel weird. Or you you could go performance if you want to. No, no, it's it's okay. But I'm I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna like. I'm just out of a lack of negatives. I'm gonna go with Allegra Cole. Oh, interesting. Because not because she has the 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 juiciest lines and the best parts and things going on, but that she she is really obviously the the most minor of the four leads, you know. Um, hmm. And but there's something about 
except for that last scene on the boat, you know, where how that all went down. But other than that, there's something of an authenticity to her delivery and and her her mix of of being vulnerable but appreciative. Like she had a bit of complexity that I I liked in the way she portrayed this kind of one note character that just made her feel more vibrant and just you know you can see and it helped kevin james with albert with you know help make his obsession a little more believable and that balance of maybe she would be the kind of uh a lady who would find his weirdness uh, appealing and stuff like it wasn't one of these weird like she gave no indications that she was interested or amused or or taken she she bought in pretty well and and so yeah i i think i'd have to say overall and, and she didn't do anything horribly stupid like you know hitch and and sarah and albert at times they they all did things that just kind of made me just roll my eyes or made me just go oh god like it just bothered me uh, but right. no, she, she didn't so that's i'll pick her what about you that's interesting no I, i'll give you mine in a second but i do want to comment on that because it is interesting and i, I hadn't really given allegra's character a lot of thought because she was such a minor character uh, at least uh, of the four mains, uh, but you're right. Like there is, there's a lot of depth there that you don't really get, and we we sort of have to have this tendency, uh, I guess, as a as a culture, as a society, like to put uh, people of means or, or you know affluent people sort of up on this pedestal, and, and like they're they're these kind of untouchable or or unrelatable people and that, that's even how they're usually portrayed in in media like in film and tv like they're just not the they're not you know they're not common folk they they, they wouldn't relate to us or, or whatever so no that's a that's a good answer i like that um my my choice was albert actually like yeah. um he he was he was enjoyable to me because probably because i relate to him so much like he's this sort of bumbling stumbling kind of nerdy guy i mean i i I don't have the uh the the dancing part of it down but yet you know it's well i guess the uh the life is young i suppose uh but no like i'm i can't tell you how many times i've you know walked away from a meal with a mustard stain on my shirt or you know uh slip and fall or get nervous and like to, to the point where i can't breathe like he was he was just sort of the most relatable to me and kind of affable and and i liked him and it, that that to me in and of itself is funny because like this is a movie that's pretty much led by will smith and eva mendez and like you you think of this movie and you go oh obviously those one of those two is going to be the favorite <laughs> we went for the other two yeah i was close to saying uh, Albert too, and then I did anything I could to not admit Kevin James being my favorite in a movie. Um, <laughs> you know, Kevin James gets so much shit. I like Kevin. I'm going to come out and say it right now. I like Kevin James. I enjoy number a number of roles that Kevin James has performed in. I I believe you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I don't blame kevin james necessarily well i mean i can blame him for maybe selections he's made in terms of what he's going to do but hey we all gotta make a living sometimes huh um i don't 
I don't say that he as a human being that I'm going to hold him to the standard that I do the characters he portrays. Otherwise, I would think he's mostly garbage because um, so many of the roles I've seen him in, I'm just like, it's just they want to introduce a, a, a funny kind of chubby, fat, clumsy guy with, you know, weird impulses and like they don't like build out and flesh out the character beyond that. And then, so he does a lot, ends up doing a lot of weird things and weird movies where you're like, he's not even a good protagonist. He's just, he was put in here to make a scene and to do like a funny pratfall and, and the lack of substance just over time with more than a couple of movies has left me just feeling like, uh, I have a hard time, but knowing this, he was kind of endearing and yeah, he had some of his, you know, typical freak out moments and, physical comedy some of which worked really well some of it was just kind of blah but like you know it 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 was overall fine and i'm not shutting myself off from the kevin james train in the future maybe something's gonna really stick and i'm gonna be like that was just wonderful and charming um but no that is cool that you know we pick the the lesser of the 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 four major characters here i i'm proud of us and i give us three stars Great job, everybody. Not the movie. The movie doesn't get three stars, but we get three stars. No, no. We get three stars. Great job to everyone involved in recording this podcast. Uh, That's going to do it for us, everyone. That was Hitch. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening to us and joining us every every Monday uh, as we distill another favorite from our past. Now, you all may have been listening to Hitch thinking, what? What kind of soundtrack are we going to get here? Is it going to be Will Smith? Yeah, you get a little bit of that, but you know what you get more of? Earth, Wind, and Fire. But you know what you don't get? <laughs> Destroying the Evidence by Semaphore. You get that in our podcast. Um, something you should check out on your own, as well as all the rest of the catalog of Semaphore's musical variety show albums. They're not really variety show albums, but you'll you'll figure that out when you listen to them. It's good stuff. Um, and as always, as we like to say, uh, to email us at thememorystillery at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas. And the great thing coming up here, folks, we're getting real close to that sweet Christmas time. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to do a few polls here in the middle of December. That's going to you know, let you pick a few uh, movies again, kind of like we did for Halloween. And uh, we have a few that we know we want to do, but we're going to extend out to you guys as well. So keep an eye on Facebook primarily because um, you're going to be share voting those posts, guys. Share those Facebook posts, because every time you share those posts with a friend... An angel uh, gets its wings. That's right. Uh, no, it, it gets more votes, especially in your favor if you tell your friends to vote for the, mov- the movie that you want to watch. Uh, and it gets the word out about the memory distillery and, and spreads the spreads the good news, as it were. If you people weren't voting so actively, we would have had to have done Children of the Corn instead of Beetlejuice. And you don't want things like that happening. God, no. <laughs> God, that would have been terrible. No, I would have quit. Been I would have quit. Forever. Well, it would have turned into a one-man show. Exactly. <laughs> Kevin James. <laughs> Take note. Kevin James in... No. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, my, I'm Anthony Bernary. Oh, and I'm John Depp. And this has been the Memory Distillery. Stay classy, Kevin James. <laughs> <laughs>